Before we get started, I want to remind you about our friends over at the Macklemore. My buddies and I are heading up there for our annual golf trip in June, and I absolutely cannot wait to be there. The Macklemore is a beautiful community resort and golf course just 35 minutes outside of Chattanooga, Tennessee on Lookout Mountain. Folks, go online to themacklemore.com to check out what a wonderful golf course and other amenities they have available for you up there. Their new clubhouse and bar opened up last fall. Folks, you got to see this place to believe how great it is. The golf course is co-designed by our friends Bill Bergen and Reese Jones, and our friend and PGA Tour caddy Kip Henley sent outside of Pebble Beach. It's the most beautiful 18th hole he's ever seen. And Golf Digest agreed, oh, by the way, naming it the best finishing hole in America since 2000. See why they all say that by checking out the course and the resort online at themacklemore.com. And folks, this segment of the show is brought to you by TaylorMade and their TP5 and TP5X golf balls. High draw? Check. Low fade? Check. Bump and run? Out of the sand? Flop shot? Guess what? Check, check, and check. No matter what shot you need to pull off, there's one ball that's better for them all, and that's the all-new TP5 and TP5X from TaylorMade. With a newly redesigned dimple pattern that decreases drag and increases lift, it's the number one ball in golf no matter the shot. So whether you need to hit it high over the trees, under or even through them, hit TP5 or TP5X, the one ball designed to handle it all. Check them out online by going to tailormadegolf.com for more information. Okay, now back in making her seventh appearance with me here on Next on the T is 2010 LPGA National Teacher of the Year and a wonderful person. Cindy Miller. Cindy is from Silver Creek, New York, which is about 45 miles southwest of Buffalo. She played her college golf as a walk-on, mind you, at the University of Miami, where she served as team captain and helped Miami win back-to-back national championships in 1977 and 78. She was an All-American her senior season. She won the New York State Amateur Championship in 1978 and qualified for the LPGA Tour in 79. She competed out on the LPGA Tour for a few years, played in five U.S. Opens, She's a Class A LPGA professional. Golf Digest has named her one of the top 50 women teachers in America. Back in 2011, she was inducted into the Greater Buffalo Sports Hall of Fame. And on top of all of that, she's a fantastic speaker and one of the great people you get to meet in this life. And I'm very excited to have her back with me again tonight here on Next on the Tee. Hey, Cindy, thanks for coming back on the show. Thank you, Chris. How are you? I'm fantastic, thank you, Cindy. How are you? I'm doing great. I'm doing great. The sun was out today in Buffalo. <laughs> Good for you. Catch us up. And What's been going on with you so far in 2021? Oh, my goodness. Golf is open. So thank God for that. We teach in a golf dome uh, when it's snowing in Buffalo. And today we were fortunate enough to be outside, but we have never, ever given this many golf lessons, ever. So it's so great because, People are getting excited, and and what we found is there's an awful lot of kids that last year during COVID, they couldn't play hockey or soccer or baseball, and golf was open. So they came and they tried it, and they actually like it. And we've probably got uh, 30 new kids, students that really, really want to work at the game and maybe play college golf, which is great. Wow, that is awesome. So talk about that, you know, with an influx of of new students, what's that been like for you and Alan? Well, we're crazy busy, Um, but it's it's awesome. You know, we did did do our boot camp 
We did. Uh, we normally do one in January, two in February, one in March, one in April. We did the one in January. We take people down to Orlando to Orange County National, and we do two, three, and four-day schools. We did a two-day school in January. Then we we skipped February. We were waiting for the vaccine to kick in, and then we did March and April. So it's just it's amazing. I mean, we're teaching from. 9.30, 10 o'clock in the morning till 9 o'clock at night. So it's awesome. Speaking of awesome, I love your website, com, and you've got a new video since I last checked it out, and you talk about four reasons why someone has come to your website and, and how you can help them. Talk about what those things are and how you can help visitors coming to your site. Well, number one is I need to learn to play golf, or I want to learn play golf. So there could be, I want to do this for fun. doesn't matter how old you are. I just want to start playing. And a lot of new, a lot of new people, you know, again, picked up the game last year because it was the one thing they could do outside. The second reason is I need to learn to play golf and use it as a business tool. And it's really funny because I have a, a session I do, a speaking engagement that's called From the Back Nine to the Boardroom. And Arizona State asked me if I would create an online program for their MBA students. So I did. And this program that's online, it's $97. And you can, it teaches you everything you need to know about playing the game except swinging the club. We've got other programs that we do that with. But it's so imperative that people that have never been around sport become aware of what they need to do. You know, how do I make a tea time? What are all these clubs for? Where do I pull in if I'm playing in a corporate outing? Do I have to tip the guy? All these special things. So that's number one reason you would come to the website. You want to learn to play. Number two, you would come because you want to be more consistent. And how many times, you know, that's the main request of every person that ever comes in for a lesson. I just need to be more consistent. I can have good shots, but I can't do it on purpose when I want to. The third thing is you want to score better. You want to break the score. Um, you want to break 100. You want to break 90. You want to break 80. You want to break 70. And so we want to really work on our game and get better. And the last reason is you're scared to death. You might be choking your guts out playing in the club championship or in a league, and you're and you're worried about the shots. And I, I call it playing with clenched butt cheeks. And you know, needless to say, playing on the tour and playing on the Legends tour and being on two big breaks, you know, I know exactly what it feels like to try to swing a club with clenched butt cheeks when you're scared to death. So that's the last reason somebody comes to the website. They want to get over their fear and play with more confidence. So, Cindy, I want to get into a lot of what you just said uh, in just a second. But for those folks up in your neck of the woods or further north or our friends around the globe, uh, where it's cold, and it's now just starting, like you said, starting to get a little warmer so we can actually get outside. For those of us that, you know, we we don't want to start off in granting bad habits. What are some things that we can do, sort of get back to fundamentals, if you will, to make sure we've got the right grip, the right posture, the right ball position, all of those things. How do we check that off to make sure we're going to start off on the right foot? Well, Number one, you need to know what a square face looks like. So the mission of golf is to start the face square 
pointing at a target, not your shoulders, but the club face square, and start the club face square, swing it back to the top of your back, swing it, bring it back to the square. If you do that, you'll hit the ball straight. And, and again, it's going to be hard to discuss that or make it make sense on the radio when we can't really see what, you know, a square face looks like. But let's pretend you have an iron and it's sitting down on the ground. At the end of the grooves on each side of the face, the toe and the heel, there's straight lines at the end of those grooves. Those two lines should extend out straight beyond the face to where you want the ball to go. So if you do that, the toe of the club will be up off the ground a little bit. And so many people think that the toe should sit flush to the ground, but when you put the toe down, you're really shutting the face. So, number one, you got to make sure the face is square. Number two, the committee of they is something that drives me nuts. When you're with people that have played, you think they know what they're doing, and they tell you, oh, you got to act like you're sitting on a bar stool, keep your head down, your arms straight, shift your weight, turn your shoulders, hit the ball, follow through. Well, nobody looks like they're sitting on a bar stool. You have to hang over what I call partially puking. So you're bowing over <laughs> from the waist. Yeah, you got to hang over like a car speaking. So you got to hang over from the waist, and the waist should be on the balls of your feet. Your arms are hanging relaxed. They're not tight. Your hands should be kind of under your chin. Distance from the ball, the top of your forward arm should be resting on the side of your chest. So don't reach out and lock your arms, because if you do that, you're going to swing it back with stiff arms, and then you're going to dig to China and hit all shots fast. So you need to really relax. I don't care if you grip it with split hand or uh, interlock or overlap. It doesn't matter to me. Um, as long as your back palm is going the same direction as the face. So if you're right-handed, your right hand is toss underhanded. It's pointing the same direction as the club face. If you're left-handed, it's your left hand doing that. And then, you know, how do you hit it? Well, I would start with a little tiny piece, and I would start with a seven iron, and I would take half swing and just try to brush the teeth or clip the teeth and not lock the arms and dig the ground. So it's really important that you let the club head swing. And if you do that, it's going to help you hit it clean. You're going to get a feel for the head swinging because the club head swinging is going to give you club head speed. And it's, you're going to hit it straight. Cindy, you mentioned a moment ago one of the four reasons being we want to score better. For those of us, we're you know we're tired of shooting 81 and 82, or we're tired of shooting 91 or 92, and it's our goal that we're gonna, this is the year we're going to break 80, we're going to break 90, we're going to break 100, whatever it is. How do we get to sort of over that mental hurdle that allows us to freely go after it and and actually break whatever that number is? Well, let's. Let's use um, 90 as an example. First thing you have to do is you have to sit back and go through some of your rounds that you played. And hopefully you can remember the shots that you hit on, on the course. And if not, I keep track of my stats every time I play. I, I put an X on the card if I hit the fairway. I put an O if I hit the green. And then I put down how many putts I had. So that's really important. Numbers are important. And when you miss a fairway, or a green, put L or R for left or right, and S and L for short or long. Very few people miss greens 
long, very because normally we don't take enough club to get to the hole. So I would I would logically look at your round and say, okay, why do I keep shooting 92? And if you back out of that and say, look, let's pretend you can't reach all the green. If you can't reach the green, but you can be on the green, so hitting a green, for those who may not know what we're talking about, you're always allowed two putts. So par three, you should be on and one and two putts to make par. Par four, you allow two putts to get on the green, two, you two putt. Par five, you're on the green, three, two putts. So let's pretend you can't reach any of the green. And you have to be on all par fours and three and two putts and all par fives and four and two putts and all par, I get par three on and two, two putts. So you bogey every hole. So that shoots 90. Well, now there's probably one or two holes on the course, probably a par three, that you could reach. So your mission is to get that ball on the green and two putt for par. If you do that and you bogey every other hole, you just shot 89. So if you, if you break it up that way, you kind of go, oh, well, that's not so hard. You're giving yourself permission to screw up, and you're not trying to be perfect. The other thing that's going to happen is if there's, let's say you play the same course all the time and there's a hole or two that drives you crazy. Well, go out on that hole and say, how can I play this hole differently? So I'll give you an example. The LPGA senior, the senior LPGA championship is at French Lick and it's at the PTI course. And this golf course is one of the hardest golf courses in the world. So this is the quench butt course. You're either on the green or you're dead. Okay, so there's two par three, number eight and number six, and number sixteen really owns me. Eight kind of owns me, but sixteen, I can feel the butt cheeks getting tight before we get to that hole, right? <laughs> well, Alan, who I'm married to, who played on the PGA tour for fifteen years, and he's the second furious ball striker Dave Fowles ever tested, and he's Mr. Shy, quiet, chill, and I'm a competitive control freak. So he would be Ernie Els, and I would be Tiger Woods. So I'm like, shut up, i got to hit the ball on the green. Well, I have made seven and eights on number 16. Now, add to that that 16 is the TV hole. So what's on 16? The TV camera. It's a tower. So now what's Cynthia saying to me? Ha-ha, <laughs> this. Everybody's going to see you, right? So what happens then? The butt cheeks get tighter. So Alan finally said to me, why don't you hit a nine iron off the tee on 16? I go, what? He goes, yeah, hit a nine iron and then chip the ball on the green and make bogey and go to the next hole. I go, are you kidding me? He said, no, that's better than seven or eight. Good point. So for the listeners that have a hole that owns them, why don't you do that and make a bogey? So I finally went to that tee box during the practice round, I said, you know what? I'm going to get over you. You are not going to haunt me anymore. So I find maybe you tee off on a different side of the tee box, right? Instead of the right side of the tee box, maybe you tee off on the left side of the tee box. So you got a different view going at the green or in the fairway. So that you don't, don't hit it out of bounds. Maybe you hit a different club off the tee. So again, if you keep saying, well, there's a couple holes, stop. Don't make excuses. Find a different way to play the hole. 
And if you do that, then you can break the number you're looking for. Now, breaking 80 is a little more difficult. I can tell you that you're probably adding up the score, you know, and your buddies are doing it for you. Well, all you got to do is par this bowl and you're going to shoot 79. And then you OB, you know. So stop adding up the score. Don't, and sometimes, again, my evil, you know, my evil twin is Cynthia. So anytime Cynthia goes, oh, be careful. There's the water. It's like, shut up. I'm busy right now. So I talk to Cynthia when she starts telling me to be careful and look out. And I say, you know what? I'm busy right now. I've got to hit this ball right down the fairway. If Cynthia says to me, oh, you're 300 par, you could make a lot of money. You could be exempt next year. Blah, 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 blah. You know, again, that's always going to happen. Everybody has an evil twin. I call it name that witch. And so um, <laughs> you have to be aware when that person's talking to you. And then you have to say, I'm not going to listen. And I also pretend if I'm two or three under and Cynthia starts talking, I pretend that I'm five or six over and that I'm always thriving and I'm always pursuing. Now, again, I'm willing to admit to you that I've choked my guts out more than most people and because that's the truth. And once you recognize that and you're willing to admit it, it's easier to get over it. If you stay in denial, it's harder. That begs the question. What do we do when we come to a, a hole? Let's say it's a par five and then you, you gotta hit it over water to, to reach the green and, and we could get home in two if we hit the, the perfect shot, right? But you know, doubt creeps in, you know, just like you talked about. Your Cynthia, my Christopher starts to creep in and say, we, but you know, if you come up short, you know, you're going to make eight or nine. How do we kind of so, put that in the back or when do we decide we should go forward and when it's, we're trying to break 80 here and it's probably not the right play? Great question. Depends on your personal behavior style. So there's four different behavior styles. A high D is what I am. I'm a competitive control freak, Tiger Woods. Direct driven. A high I is very influencing. Lots of fun. Chichi Rodriguez, Christina Kemp. A high S is Alan Miller. Steady, slow, Ernie L, Jason Duffner. A high C is conscientious, analytical, perfectionist. So Cindy Miller would tend to want to go for things more than Alan Miller because Alan wants to hit 14 fairways, 18 greens. Cindy has never, and played for 50 years, has never hit 18 greens in regulation. Why? Because she always screws one up. But Cindy's <laughs> shot, you know, six, seven, eight under par before because I'm really good at the short game. So your mental golf personality, if you will, Alan Miller is not going for the green unless he's got a 70 to 75% chance of making it over. Cindy would go for the green over the water if she's got a 50-50 chance. Knowing that the risk-reward, you know, you could blow it and make double. So that's kind of, once you know who you are, and I've, I've created a customized disc golf assessment. If anybody's interested, email me at cindy at cindymillergolf.com and I'll send you the link. And you can find out what you are. And once you know what you are, it's so much easier to make clear decisions and stick to your game plan. So Cindy, talk to me about staying in emotional control. Right. For the, for the 50% of the time, 
that we don't clear the water, how do we stay in the moment and not let one bad swing, one bad hole turn into us throwing the clubs in the lake? Well, you also have to know who you are, right? And what are, what's your skill level, right? There's always a why behind the what. So we've got all these kids playing in all these tournaments, you know? Why did you hit the ball there? And the only, the my last lesson tonight that I just finished before I got on with you, he said, I was so nervous peeing off. I said, you're the first kid that's ever admitted that besides our own son. Nobody admits that. God bless you. That's awesome. So, again, you have to know that you're nervous. And when you're nervous, you're thinking about being nervous and you're not paying attention to the task at hand. So if you didn't pay attention to the task at hand and what you're doing while you're swinging, that's your fault. So, again, why did I hit the bad shot? Did I make a clear decision or do I not have the skill level to be able to carry the water? You know, and again, it's all about looking in the mirror. That comes back to my hit box. You know, how bad does it have to hurt to be willing to change? And are you willing to look in the mirror? So if I say to myself, you know, I'm not really comfortable. This is not a great lie. I'm not going to take the chance because I know that I'm going to be ticked off if I miss the shot. On the other hand, if I have a great lie, right, um, and I and I make a bad swing, I just made a bad swing. If you're thinking about hitting the shot over the water when you're swinging, you're not paying attention to your swing, and that's your fault. <laughs> Indeed. Cindy, just a couple more before I let you go, and um, I had the privilege of having Jane Gettys on the show last week, and for those who weren't with us, Jane is not only a two-time LPGA major champion, she's also the commissioner of the LPGA Legends Tour, and um, as you mentioned, uh, with the, the tournament coming up at Prince Lick, we actually have the U.S. Women's Senior Open coming up first in late July. So are we going to be able to uh, see you there and on at the other four uh, Legends events that are currently on the schedule? I am uh, in denial about my birth certificate. So, yes, I'm going to try <laughs> to qualify for the U.S. Women's Senior Open. And I might, if I qualify, I might even be the oldest one in the, in the thing. But I'm not dead yet, and I um, am still in denial, and I'm not as old as I really am, or I don't think I'm as old as I really am, whatever the saying is. But, yeah, I'm going to try to play. <laughs> That's awesome. You you mentioned your son a moment ago. I saw Jamie played a few weeks ago in the Azalea Invitational at the uh, Country Club of Charleston. Talk about the status of Jamie's game. How did you see that? I do my research. My poor kid. So he's a high D personality, right? He starts out. The second round, I think it was, he's five under par on the front, makes two doubles, 268 or 69, right? Right. He starts out the first round, he has triple 275. So, again, and he lives in Buffalo, so there's the excuse, right? He hasn't played golf outside, so get over it. That's too bad. You're the one that decided to go down there and play before you got any rounds. And, you know, again, he was grateful he got invited. In the Porter Cup, I think he's playing in the uh, the Monroe as well. Uh, he and Allen are going down to the Walker Cup next year. And, and Alan, and Jamie can't wait. He's like, "Dad, you got to go. We got to. Can we go? It's a Seminole, and Jamie's got a bunch of friends that are members of Seminole, and all these old guys are going to be there, so they're all excited. But Jamie's doing great. He's on the New York State Golf Committee. He's going to be president of the New York State Golf Association in a couple years, 
and um, he's on the board of Children's Hospital. We're doing 117 holes to raise money for Children's Hospital Buffalo, and I'm going to help him out, and I think I might even caddy him for Josh Allen in one of his million rounds that day. Wow. I played holes myself. Yeah, I played with Thurman Thomas and Patty Thomas last year, so we're raising money for all kinds of good charities in Buffalo. Cindy, before I let you go, remind our listeners how they can stay up to date with all the great things you're doing, whether it's on your website or it's on social media. CindyMillerGolf.com. Email me, Cindy, at CindyMillerGolf.com, and all my social media is at CindyMillerGolf. Thank you so much, Chris. You're great. I love you, Cindy. You know that. You're the best. I can't wait to catch up with you uh, again soon. All the best to uh, to you and Alan and your family. Uh, stay safe up there, and I look forward to hearing about the great things that you're going to continue to do the rest of this year. Thanks, honey. Have a great evening. Bye-bye. See you, Cindy. That's the great Cindy Miller, folks. Again, CindyMillerGolf.com. I love her website, and I love the video right there on the homepage. And, and she and Alan are fantastic people, and, uh, you know, I've been truly blessed to spend uh, as much time as I have with Cindy again tonight, the seventh time with her being on the show. She makes this segment so much fun. We look forward to catching up with her again real soon.